Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy, I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, very fortunate to have him here, uh, Alderman uh, of the city of Racine, Mr. Uh, Trevor Young. Uh, he's um, over here, uh, drove up here kind enough to uh, make it back up to Milwaukee for today, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his uh, political uh, endeavors and uh, everything about why he does what he does. So. Trevor, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Ben. Thanks for the invite. You're welcome. How are you doing today? Good, good. It's a beautiful fall day. Mm. Uh, you've got a lot of leaves in the ground. Today I did a lot of raking. Nice. So actually I started my day talking to uh, Dave Steele, who uh, runs an organization uh, regarding advocacy for regional transit, oh, which is kind of a personal passion of mine. And then went from there to raking my lawn. So, so. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been outside yet today. Uh, it's not like uh, freezing winter yet, mm -hmm. is it? No, not yet. Good. Not yet. It's still that Columbia jacket weather with sure. just uh, some gloves on. So. Word. Yeah. For my in my case, the North Face. Yes, but I see. The yeah. same North Face I've been wearing for 10 years. Yeah, well, you know, you meet people who are Apple people, PC people, Columbia, North Face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, the, you... Uh, you pick your brand and you stay loyal to it. You do. You do. Yeah, man. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, it is rake season. Uh, I need to uh, find a rake somewhere around here. <laughs> yeah, right. The the leaves are definitely piling up in my my yard right there. So, um, yeah. Well, it sounds like you've uh, had a pretty uh, wholesome day so far. Yeah, productive, wholesome. Good. I think the word wholesome is correct. It's one of my favorite words. It is a great word. Mm -hmm. uh, makes you. I, I think that. This weather is wholesome. Very, yeah. You know, to just uh, be a little bundled up. Yeah. And, you know, you still want to be outside. Yeah. And you know, winter's coming and that you're going to be locked away. So you want to, you know, get every minute of it that yeah. you can. You want to thrive. You definitely want to thrive while it's still like walkable. Exactly. Yes, I yes, agree. Without slipping. Yeah. I already slipped at work uh, once because of the snow. Oh, so yeah. not looking forward to, you know, four more months. Of right. Of the slipping. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't look forward to that either. I <laughs> slept the other night as well. Uh, I, <laughs> the snow, like it, it definitely like, it just changes your entire, uh, like, uh, your, your footwork, your, your, your patterns in which you're like, you know, walking, like it, it, it definitely like shifts the dynamic of like how you're uh, being mobile outside and it. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, there's a balance. There's a balance required. Yeah, non-slip shoes for the win. <laughs> um, yeah, so Trevor, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk uh, love and fear, passion, creativity, mm. all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I don't think we actually knew each other in when we were at UWN. But we were connected on Facebook and like social media for quite classic some time. millennial experience. Very much so. Yes, I know so many of my friends through that. <laughs> I meet so many. Like I go on the adding sprees, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've I've heard of them. You know, they yeah, got, we've got mutual friends. We've seen each other around, peripherally, doing cool shit. You know, yeah, right? doing cool stuff. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm very much so like in the I'm in the mindset of like a friend of a friend is like. Somebody who's already like a you friend know, of mine. yeah, a friend of my book, and um, and yeah, like I, I, 
obviously, like, you uh, were elected alderman of Racine, which is really awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to talk all about, you know, the kind of work that you're doing over there, and just, I guess, like, what your own personal goals are yeah. with uh, said position. But first, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about your own background, I guess. Okay. Like, uh, grow, uh, born and raised here? No, no. So, actually, I was born in Russia. Russia. Yes, okay. yes. So I was born in Russia, and I was adopted when I was two years old. Word. Okay. So I was uh, when I was born, my mother uh, was unable to take care of a child. My biological mother was unable to take care of a child, and so I was put uh, into an orphanage until I was about two years old. And my dad, uh, who um, wanted to be a parent, uh, traveled halfway across the globe to. Uh, picked me up from an orphanage in Krasnodar, Russia, which is uh, right on the Black Sea north of the Caucasus Mountains, sure. across from Crimea, um, and uh, saved me and brought me to Racine, Wisconsin. And so, grew up in Racine, product of the public schools, um, really raised, you know, the, the uh, adage, it takes a village to raise a child, you know, that was uh, really my upbringing. I had this um, almost angelic childhood with my grandma and my dad and playing you know, Little League softball yeah, and yeah. going to the like, Wisdom Museum in Racine and um, taking part in, you know, art activities as a child and, sure. you know, uh, being able to really connect with my teachers uh, who, um, my public school teachers who really cared about my future. And so I experienced what it really meant to, you know, have the privilege of education and have the capacity to live a happy life and knowing where I could have been you know, in Russia, uh, as this orphan, puts things into perspective for me quite frequently mm -hmm. and, and has inspired me to engage in public service. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to hear, I guess, like, um, growing up, like, where did you kind of first uh, see a, uh, a, a, where did your interest peak in uh, participating in politics and public service and whatnot? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. So I, my grandma uh, would get me these boards of, uh, you know, different themes. So like, she first got me this board of like the planets. So you'd click on, you know, this <clears throat> map of the planets and it yeah. would say like, you know, Mars, you know, and then how far it was away from the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was cool. And I was into it for a couple months, but you know how kids are, you know, we go on to the next thing. Yeah. So then uh, I went to, um, you know, s some other board that had, you know, probably, um, you know, different dinosaurs or something like that, sure, and yeah. I'd learn all the dinosaurs, and then I went out on to the next thing. But then my grandma got me a board of the presidents. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I just like was totally engaged yeah. in what the accomplishments were of these individuals, what their lives were like before entering the White House, their personal lives, just their stories, and it got me interested in the presidents and history, and that turned into. A interest in politics, uh, and then that evolved into an interest in public service and particularly local government. Word. Because that's where you know I think you can make the biggest difference. Yeah, I yeah exactly. Uh, you know, on the the local scale are the people you're interacting day to day yeah. with, the community that you know uh, your collective decisions shape. You know. And you're most accountable. You know, you go out your front porch and your neighbor will come up to you and tell you what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Mostly what you're doing wrong, but that's... Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, you, but that's the cool part about it. You know, you're really connected to your constituency. You know, when you're at the federal level, you're kind of locked away and in your office in Washington or even at the state level, you're, you leave your community to give back to your community. But mm -hmm. 
at the local level, you are ingrained yeah. in the work, and you're consistently reminded of why you're there and what, why it's important. So yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely, and that's also where your voice is most heard, I imagine. Yeah, too. yeah. absolutely. Uh, it's so I was elected in April uh, under the city council, and I. Um, got a call from the historical museum and they said, we just wanted to let you know that you are the youngest elected uh, alder person in the history of the city of Racine since 1862. Oh, wow. And uh, a gentleman, I think by the name of, um, oh gosh, what was his name? Um, uh, it will it will come to me, but he went off oh, to found, oh, uh, Ray, um, something Raymond. Okay, And sure. he went off to found the town of Raymond in Racine County. Oh, okay. And so now the expectation is, I guess I go off and find a town somewhere and... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. found it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally, it'll be called Young, right? <laughs> yeah, I have no interest in, in doing that. Yeah, so. I, I, I wouldn't hold you to that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I actually was, I was very like... Highland Raymond, that was his name. Highland, Highland Raymond, Raymond. Yeah. sure, 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 cool. Um, I was very uh, like uh, enamored with like learning about the presidents also mm. when I was little. Um, I used to have like all of like the children's books. Oh yeah. With like all the... The caricatures. Yeah, yeah. I used to have like this little, um, <clears throat> it was like a, like one of those like little like flip book things where like... Um, oh, it was held on one corner, and you could just flip, and it was like uh, yeah. kind of narrow, and it was the shape of their head. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I had that too. Yeah, okay. That's so cool. That's fun. <laughs> Damn. Well, you. Uh, it's cool to know that we were uh, we were educated about the presidents uh, using the similar process, the, the same means. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I used to look at that all the time, and I used to think like, I don't know, like I, I would just kind of like try to go about like memorizing each one of them and like in the order in which like they mm -hmm. were all like appointed and like kind of like the good and the bad that they right. did and so do you have a favorite president that's a i was gonna ask you the same question um i am not confident enough in my in my i have to kind of revisit a lot of it okay. but so i'm not confident in my answer yet but mm. uh once i like kind of um revisit it and uh, look back into like each president I'll be able to like give you a, a proper educated answer but how about you that it uh, it's always tough because you know history is a collection of the good and the bad yeah and so anytime you choose a favorite it also it always has to be prefaced with that there were imperfections injustices, of the time in which that individual served, yeah, and that uh, you know we we consistently have to work to be a better nation. And the reason we choose our favorite president, if you have one, is because you see a shift in attitude or a shift in policy that made the country better in the long run. And so, I would probably say Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Sure, FDR. Yeah. yeah, and the reason I say that is because. At that point, there was a call that government was not just there for a select few. It was an understanding that you have this communal resource that's job is to advocate for the people and create a standard of living, and that it needs to intervene when there are 
unparalleled challenges that people can't deal with individually. And, you know, facing the Great Depression, facing fascism in Europe, and addressing that by being creative, engaging people, throwing things at the wall. Some things worked, some things didn't, but it was that, that political courage to say, we have to do something, mm -hmm. and we have to you know, define the role of the federal government as a means to make a difference in the lives of people in a positive way, and to be present, and, uh, and an extension of the people. You know, I think my biggest pet peeve when talking about politics is that government is somehow separate from mm -hmm. the people, you know, like, oh, the government this, the government that. It's like, you know, we are the government. Yeah. You know, we are a, a body politic of people engaged in making a difference in the lives of people around us. And Essentially, like, you felt like he was, um, he was uh, encapsulating, like, some of the truest form of, like, real democracy at the time, it sounds like. Like, making people feel like uh, they're, like, that their role in society like truly counts of sorts. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about the experience of, you know, people during the Great Depression who felt that, you know, Hoover particularly, per, you know, specifically didn't, I mean, he cared, obviously. I mean, any human being right. has, has, who has a heart looks at people who struggle and thinks, how can we make a difference in their lives? But you know, he also had this ideological framework of laissez-faire, small federal government, decentralized, and, and FDR came in and was much more practical. And that's what I appreciate in government. It's not necessarily about ideology, it's about being practical and how do you make a difference in folks' life. He's, like FDR, the attitude was, I don't care if it's big government, small government, I just care if people's lives are better. And if the government plays a role in that, then so be it. That's real. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's that's a real good uh, mentality for uh, you know because yeah you're not like you're not resorting to uh, to ideology to mm -hmm. like you know this is like a very like set um, uh, like perceived way like system of the way things do work or they don't work right. like it's just a matter of like okay well this has worked in this system, this is what's worked in that system. Let's right. like kind of bring like several ideas together and actually like, you know, make it so we're putting the people first rather than right. simply like the power first. Right. And FDR is, I know he's like a real popular one, like especially mm -hmm. with like a lot of the Democratic Party, right. like, um, you know, look, look uh, up to FDR in high regard for that, um, mm -hmm. definitely. So. Um, yeah, I, so I would say like, that's, that's a really good, uh, good, um, assessment of like what he did given like the horrible realities that were going on both right. domestically and abroad. Yeah. And I think president Obama, uh, who is certainly, you know, my, the favorite president of my lifetime, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Same. Follow, yeah, yeah. Follows that tradition. Of, sure. You know, I don't care if this is left wing, if this is right wing, if this is big government, if this is small government. I care about what we can do in our short moment in public service to make people's lives better. And you saw that in the auto bailout. You saw that in the Affordable Care Act. You saw that in the stimulus mm -hmm. um, package that was delivered uh, at the, the heart of the Great Recession. So it's, mm -hmm. it's about not being afraid to take action. Yeah, exactly. And 
You know, not everything will work exactly right. according to plan. Yeah. You know, there's nuances everywhere. There's also certain things that benefit different people and uh, in ways that others don't draw the same level of benefit, but at least, you know, I like to think Obama tried. And <laughs> and I think that he did. Uh, and succeeded in many ways. Yes, and he also yeah. pushed the conversation forward of like what, you know, what true like things like universal health care mm -hmm. should look like and you know like where it was applied and where it succeeded but right. what could still you know improve and whatnot yeah. like um yeah no I, I yeah i would agree with that as well so but i'll get back to you on my favorite president okay. for sure i'll Good. have to like really it's <laughs> like i have to but I'll come on the show again and we'll yes yeah this. yeah we'll do a Volume two. Yes. But yeah, and, and I think a key thing you said is how it is particularly uh, dependent on the sociological phenomenon that was going on at the time of their president. Like you, like the fact how they really like truly influenced public thought, and therefore were able to accomplish social and cultural change. Right. Like. That's why I feel like what really like evaluates how good a president was, or you know, or how bad they, or how terrible that yeah, like <laughs> which we would know a little bit about that nowadays. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, things what to do or not to do when there's pending international catastrophe. Right. Uh, but that's for a different day. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, presidents like. James Buchanan and Andrew Johnson are 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 usually ranked among like the some of the worst presidents for that reason. Yeah, that, like they in the time of you know of catastrophe, like they kind of just turned their back and just didn't do anything. You By know? all means, it's like if we looked at some presidents that like we uh, you know that we hold in high regard or those that are like as popular as they are, like. I'm sure if like they were president now, but we're still the exact same person than they were, it's like I'm sure like there'd be plenty of shit we would say was wrong, whether they're racist or whether they're you know like think obsolete or dated right. schools of thought like still work. Like obviously we've come very far from that, mm -hmm. but it's like at the time, given the circumstances they were in, the historical events that were taking place, it's like what did they do? Right. So. So that's why it's such a complicated answer, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. But, um, yeah, dude, so so you graduated UWM uh, 2017. Correct. Summer. Yeah. And uh, I guess, how did your, so I imagine, like, you studied political science? No, or? so I actually went to school for urban studies and urban planning. Oh, wow. Yes. Nice. And the reason I wanted to study that is because, you know, I have a deep love and affinity for my hometown, sure. Racine. You know, here you have a community that's right between Milwaukee and Chicago, historic downtown, award-winning architecture, one of the top 10 freshwater beaches in the country. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, a diverse population, large enough where you can discover new things, small enough where you know your neighbor. Um, and, you know, we speak over 42 languages in our public schools. Awesome. Uh, we were known as Invention City for more patents per capita than anywhere else in the country. Uh, uh, a critical part of the Underground Railroad, also home to the first female minister in the country. So, like, we have this real progressive tradition. Um, we have this real tradition of entrepreneurship and innovation. And, you know, I've always been uh, inspired by my hometown, uh, and partially just out of gratitude 
from my story. And so I wanted to be able to get my degree in something that mattered for making a difference back home. And uh, I thought that an understanding of cities, how they function, how they grow, how they battle things like inequality and um, uh, you know, expand you know, economic opportunity for folks is something that I wanted to make my academic um, focus. And I was privileged to go to UWM and engage in those discussions and uh, I'm very grateful for my education, which has informed the work that now I'm able to do now on the city council and our seat. Awesome. Sure, sure. That's great. Yeah, that's a very like, uh, sounds like you, you had a definitely like a focal point within your major. Itself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my personal passion in terms of like policy is transportation policy. Sure. Too. Yeah. So being able to study that stuff is great. Nice, nice. Like the buses and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like we got to get folks uh, to work, to school, to the hospital. I mean, a, a big part of our quality of life is the freedom to go where we want to go and where we have to go in order to meet our needs. And, you know, if some people can and some people can't, that's not really free. Um, no. So we have to do our job to make sure that folks have access. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I will, I rely on the bus. Uh, did my entire college career yeah. still do yeah you know absolutely I and, and we need more regional connectivity yeah. too you know we're in the third largest economic region in Milwaukee and Chicago the greater Milwaukee Chicago area in the country third largest in the country we're in the 10th largest economic region in the world with the Milwaukee Chicago region so we need to do a much better job of being connected because the more connected we are via transportation whether that be commuter rail uh, regional um, you know, mass transit, um, that means that folks have more access to suburbanized employment, uh, to uh, employment that isn't um, necessarily in their neighborhood. And that's what creates healthy communities, that's what creates uh, success in families. Totally, yeah. And I imagine like a huge setback of that, given how large our economic region, which I didn't even know was so profound. Mm -hmm. um, is the segregation issues yeah. that both Chicago and Milwaukee, uh, you know, severely are affected by? Absolutely, and uh, you know, Racine and Milwaukee um, share some some serious challenges regarding equity and lack thereof. Uh, you know, Racine was listed, I think, the third worst place in the nation for African Americans. Milwaukee's second worst place in the nation wow. for African Americans in terms of home ownership, education attainment. Um, employment, income, and so uh, we all have to make this a, a priority in mm -hmm. public policy yeah. to ensure that no matter who you are, what zip code you live in, no matter the color of your skin, uh, that you have access to opportunity. This is not rocket science. Ex right. This exactly. is basic stuff. This should be the focus of anybody in public service because it's about making folks' lives better and working as a community, working as a team to do that. Right. Definitely. Not simply just benefiting those that are already benefited. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I'll give you an example. So in the state of Wisconsin, regional transit authorities, which means, you know, regions being able to pool resources together to invest in transit that serves people is illegal in the state of Wisconsin. So we can't, so Milwaukee County, Racine County, Kenosha cannot come together and say as a region, we want to pool our resources to create a transportation system that makes sense for folks. It's illegal in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, it's crazy. And the reason it is is because of an ideological 
like bends for folks who, who believe in low taxes, who believe in minimal government, who, you know, have, have and have, and, you know, probably receive money from road builder contractors yeah. and automobile dealerships. So we have to do a better job, especially in the state of Wisconsin, at ensuring that we have the tools at our disposal to make a difference. You know, the, the fight should be about, you know, how are we going to make this difference, not how can we prevent the tools from making that difference? How can we get rid of those? Well, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. It like, just adds layers of work that are unnecessary or should be unnecessary right. and get in the way of real progress. Right. Was that made illegal by Walker? Yeah. Yes. I, I, that uh, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> the Republican-controlled Assembly, the Republican-controlled Senate, and Governor Walker. Yeah. So That, who, that who, adds up. Who talked about believing in local control. You know, they said, well, you know, we want to make sure communities are able to... Right to work and whatnot. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's just, it's, yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, so, yeah. Well, um, so how, so I guess, um, how would you say, like, how did, beyond when you graduated, I guess, like, how did uh, your uh, political ambitions sort of start uh, coming into fruition? Good question. So when I, after I graduated from college, I started working for a nonprofit in Racine uh, that focused on co a collective impact model of bringing people together, asking folks in the community, whether it be from high schools, senior centers, community centers, from the heart of the city of Racine out to the suburban communities, you know, what do you want to see for the future? And we had folks respond with things as broad as ending racism to as specific as extending the metro from downtown Kenosha up to Racine and then up to Milwaukee. And so we had 11 themes that emerged from those discussions ranging from healthy productive lives, transportation policy, education, um, arts and culture, creating a vibrant atmosphere for young adults, social justice. Um, those themes emerged out of these community conversations and people began meeting regularly in these 11 groups and worked on projects uh, to move the needle in Racine and to make a difference. And so out of those um, conversations came things like a kindergarten readiness book, um, you know, books for parents to be able to read to their children that were representative of people in the community, um, a, a transportation conversation that resulted in the county adopting plans to expand mass transit, um, the city of Racine uh, before my time as an alder, uh, passing a commitment to the Paris Climate Accord to commit to environmental stewardship. So that is where I got my start, um, you know, post-college in the work in Racine, and then um, ran for office and said, hey, you know, like we need to have a voice for young people. We need to have a voice that is positive and loves their community because too often, especially, um, you know, in local government, you, you, you get bogged down in the day-to-day -day and people get cynical and negative about what's happening because there are limited resources and a lot to do. And, you know, you've got to stay positive. You've got to have a positive vision for the future mm -hmm. and have a youthful energy. So I wanted to bring that and uh, was, was happy to, to run and it, was, it came to fruition. Awesome. That's great. Uh, great, like... Great because like you wanted to act out of empowerment, definitely. Like, mm -hmm. and that's something that 
you know, I think is, you know, the, the best response to oppressions is to, instead of, instead of acting out of, you know, despair mm-hmm. or anger or hatred, right. whatever the, you know, negative emotion be, right. but to, you know, well, if we're unhappy about the way things are, if we feel disenfranchised or, you know, if resources are not allocated to all individuals rather than just, you know, simply those with privilege, then, you know, we can do something about right. it and, you know, we need individuals to actually, you know, represent right. all well, those values. And Ben, you hit the nail on the head. Like, we didn't ask the question, what do you want to change? Because that would have created a conversation that would have been deficit-oriented. Like, this is bad, so we need this to change. This is bad, so we need this to change. Those things are real. We need to engage in that work. But we asked the question, what do you want to see for the future? You know, so right. even the power of your language and the power of words in these community conversations, I, I, I think is uh, a testament to what optimism can do in framing mm-hmm. uh, people's attitudes. Right, yeah, because we want the long-term outcome right. to, to come into play, not simply like a, a temporary solution or a, a band-aid, yeah. will you? Exactly. Uh, to um, end us end us up, you know, asking a lot of the same questions and being in a very like cyclical way of uh, dealing with issues, yeah. you know, that it, it's like we you know we we want something to not have to be a conversation repeatedly, right? Of sorts, absolutely. So you were elected in April. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what was your? What, I guess like what did your campaign look like? Good question. Yeah, so I uh, represent uh, West Racine. So that's sure. a neighborhood in the city of Racine, which uh, is really a microcosm for the entire city from north to south. So I have kind of a, a thin north-south district in the city mm-hmm. where on the very south side, you have a lot of renters. It's more diverse. It's working class. Uh, in the heart of the district, it's you know solidly middle class where you have teachers, nurses, you know local coffee shops and bakeries. Nice. And on the north side of the district, it's um, more affluent where you have, you know, maybe your administrators for the school district or, um, you know, folks who are, are well off. And so it, it really is a microcosm of the entire city. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they drew all the other districts and forgot a chunk right in the middle. And we're like, oh, we need to do something about that. Because <laughs> right, so, yeah. there's really no sense to it. But so I feel, you know, privileged to be representing that that district because I really get a sense of, you know, what is the experience of people like across the entire city. Sure, yeah. So when I ran for office, obviously when you're in an April election, it's cold, it's rainy, it's snowy, it's, um, you know, miserable to be outside. People are just yearning for, you know, for short sleeves and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not... they're tired of the cold. Exactly. Know. So when I'm knocking on doors, people generally felt bad for me. So that's why they were nice. Because here I am, like, in the miserable conditions outside. So that was nice. But my campaign really focused on uh, five T's to receive success. And T is in the letter T. So number one, transportation. Um, as we were talking about before, you know, being in this metropolitan hub regionally, we need to be connected with our neighbors north and south. Uh, number two, talent. What are we doing to connect um, 
our resources in a way that attracts talented people yeah. to move into the community? Uh, are, what, are, what are we doing to invest in our assets to attract skilled labor? Embracing the creative scenes Correct. as well. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. Number three, uh, training. What are we doing to make sure that the folks who are a part of our community have access to education to be able to support themselves and their families? Uh, number, um, let's see, what was I? Transportation, talent, training. Number four would be tourism. What are we doing to attract folks from outside of our community to spend money and enjoy really what we're seeing is all about. And then five is technology. How are we engaging in a 21st century model of governance? Um, engaging uh, residents about city services, working smarter, not harder, in a way to make local government work. So when I ran for office, it was about those five T's. Because if you do all those things, you're growing your economic base, people have access to opportunity, um, you're attracting folks, creating a lively cultural scene, and you're doing things uh, more efficiently. And, it, and that's what local government is all about. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. The five T's. The five T's to a scene success. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Awesome, yeah. And, sure. and uh, you know, the biggest concerns that I would have uh, in the neighborhoods uh, were about infrastructure, you know, potholes and alleyways yeah. and, and uh, that was probably what I heard most. Mm -hmm. um, but then also just the fact that people see Racine's potential and a lot of folks are wondering what's going on. Yeah. You know, why, like we were in such a unique position in the country, in the world. Um, why are we not growing in a way that's benefiting everybody? So that conundrum I think a lot of folks asked on the doors. And, totally, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean that's, um, so you were, uh, when you go to canvassing, canvassing, yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Getting the political terminology down. That's the way you win. I mean, that's the only way you really win All is right. by talking to the very people who you need to build a relationship with to be good at your job. Mm -hmm. I mean, this isn't about getting a vote. This is about building a relationship for yeah. when you're in city hall and somebody calls you, they know that you're gonna answer, they know who you are, what you stand for, and you have conversations around what's important totally. to make the community better. So um, it's, it's beneficial to have those relationships because that's, as we were talking about earlier, the, the, the miracle of local government. You know, yeah. I can know my voters. Yeah, I, I know who they are. I can I, I have their numbers saved in my right. phone. Acknowledging you know? them by name. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. Yeah. You know, when Monica has a has a problem with, uh, you know, her neighbor, uh, residents, own, being owned by an absentee landlord, she can call me and say, "Hey, we got this absentee landlord. He's not taking care of his building. You know, and te the tenants are struggling. You know, and so, you know, when you have, uh, you know, other folks." Uh, like Jan, who you know has just this pothole that's been in front of her house forever, and she just wants to call and get it fixed. We can call DPW and get get folks out there. So, you know, it, it's about building relationships, and that makes government work. And that's exactly what like AOC did and Rashida Tlaib. Like they canvassed, they went door to door, they were talking to people like in different communities yeah. and asking questions like what do you want to see like yeah. what what do you want what would make this community a better place for you because right. you definitely you obviously love it mm -hmm. so you know but like what would make it you know something that other people can love as much as you do right definitely yeah they knew what they were doing yes so. they did uh. they're they're uh they're doing some great 
great work. Uh, they're politicians of the future, that's for sure. But um, so um, yeah, so I guess like uh, so since um, being so, tell me about like uh, when you like first found out you got elected. Oh, tell me the feeling. The feeling. Well, it was really exciting. Um, we had our victory party in downtown Racine, and we had a packed house at the Red Onion Cafe. Okay. And uh, you know, we had Alderman Chevy Johnson is a mentor of mine for the city of Milwaukee, second district, and he came down. Um, the mayor was on the ballot, um, unopposed, but he had a write-in challenger. So um, you know, his staff and his people were there, and um, you've, you have a lot of the local political people who are sure. present at the party and kind of the democratic world that we're seeing who are there to root for all of us. We had eight out of eight progressive candidates run and win. That's great. So we have a, a council of 15 people, eight of them were on the ballot, eight out of the eight who were progressive won. Awesome. So that's pretty cool. That's really cool. And so it was a real celebratory evening for the local, uh, for the local election results. And um, it was funny because I heard from my friend Shannon, who had people out collecting numbers. Uh, he came up to me and he, he just showed me a paper with the totals and uh, showed that I'd won by about with about 75% of the vote mm -hmm. and that we turned out more people than expected to get out and engage in the, in the political process. And uh, it was a party. I had friends from out of town come in who were, you know, proud Panthers at UWM, and, right. and we just had yep. a, we just had a really fun night. Awesome. So, <laughs> so very celebratory. Great. So, yeah. Great. Lots of uh, good union, you know, Milwaukee beer. So. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Yes. Miller. I'm a fan of Miller Lite, which Are is you? not popular. I'm in in like just the. You know the world of craft beer and oh, local yeah, stuff. Like, yeah. I, I'm still a fan of the classic Miller Lite. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm I go for the domestics all all the way. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I love craft beers, which is the next guy. Me too. We're in a very great craft beer city and yep. fantastic local breweries. I work at one. Yep. Um, but uh, but you know, a good domestic draft. Yeah, I'm. I'm good I'm, union. Good oh union yeah, beer. I, I drink Miller Lite all through college. You know, I, I'm so I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm fond as well. Yeah. Um. So it was a great night. Good. It I'm, was. I'm fun. glad. I'm glad you had fun, man. Yeah, uh, yeah man. I mean, I, I think that what's what's great, and I think why progressivism wins is because you're asking questions to oppressed communities or to marginalized folks or just to members of the community yeah. just proper about you know what do you what do you want from me yeah and and that's, that's the key to any sort of uh whether whether you're representative of in in government of something or whether you're just somebody in the community that just wants to do better that just wants to make a difference just like on the ground it's like that's what you do is you you ask questions to those people you you just ask what you can do to help people and you know I, so I try to do the same thing like especially like on the show like talking to members of various different like uh, 
marginalized communities, uh, people of with just you know different backgrounds that have faced different hardships, traumas, or otherwise um, oppressions, mm-hmm. and just understand like like how can I be the best ally to you? And you know, and the beauty of democracy is we're all we are all like a team of sorts. You yeah. know, it's like if if you're if you live in a city that like uh in you know a, a city you know, that uh in the size of uh, Racine for example mm-hmm. it's like we want we all collectively want right. this to be a better place and uh, we're gonna sink or swim together yes yeah. yeah so um it wasn't all just like about you and your campaign it was you wanting to make the city a better place and it was you wanting like it was about you know how you could play your part in doing that yep. which is a great thing yeah, I mean, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, at the end of the day, you 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 get involved because you care enough about the people who have made you who you are. You know, being raised in Racine and being a product of the community. Like the least I could do is be a part of of giving back. And you know, I don't care if you know I'm a one-term alderman. I don't care if I'm there for as long as. The voters let me what matters is the impact it's not about the tenure it's about the impact and oh, that's, that's and, real and uh you know too often you know folks just run because they want the business card and what name yeah. is printed on it and that's the wrong attitude exactly right because then it's like you're looking at you're looking how it benefits you rather than right the, the bigger picture right but yeah, so what have been some ex- exciting exploits since uh, you've been in office? Ah, good question. So um, we were the, I think, the sixth community in the state of Wisconsin to ban gay conversion therapy. Great. So that was awesome. Great. Um, and so that was something that we worked with the city attorney's office on and, and uh, made sure uh, we sent a message to our LGBT community. Uh, Q community that they were not only welcome but that they were protected equally under the law and that we will not tolerate child abuse in the city of Racine um, and so that was something that I am very proud of um, we banned toxins that are in sealants that people uh, have put in their driveways so that there is no longer that type of runoff that's going to impact um, you know, children's health and go into our waterways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a series of exciting things. We're working right now on the budget process, and one of the things that we're doing is creating a Racine Rents program that makes sure that folks who are renters have um, more resources to make sure that they are in conditions that are appropriate for the standards that we hope to set in the community, and making sure it's easy for them to report when landlords aren't doing what they need to do with the property, keeping it up, um, and that they have uh, ally at the city level to engage in, in creating a higher standard of living. So there's a series of things that we've done and that we're doing to make Racine a stronger place for everybody. Great. Love to see it. Yeah. And another thing that I think is really exciting is we've created a, a transportation commission between our suburban community of Mount Pleasant and the city of Racine mm-hmm. to engage in discussions around how we can expand transit service. Awesome. So uh, these are the things that you know keep me going and keep me hopeful. Awesome. Great, great, great. Yeah, all good stuff all around. Um, 
So what do you look forward to in 2020? At the city level or in the national, both political both, scene? Um, well, uh, we obviously have limited resources at the local level, and so we've had to make some hard decisions about um, what needs to happen with the city budget. And so I'm excited about how we can think creatively about our limited resources and hopefully engage Madison uh, in telling stories about the cuts and you know, the desperate need we have in the city of Racine to provide quality services and, and how tell the story of how we've done more with less, but we can't continue to do that. It's not sustainable. Um, so I'm excited for that type of advocacy that we hope to do in the future for the city of Racine. Um, in terms of the national... DNC. Um, national story. I mean, it's so exciting to have the Democratic Convention coming to Milwaukee yeah. and being a part of you know, a product of UWM and, you know, being uh, your neighbors to the south and Racine and right, the impact yeah. that's going to make on us, that's going to have on us and and to bring hopefully a, a vision that's going to be provided for a season of campaigning that's going to be positive, optimistic, uh, combating uh, the culture that is politics today, which is a culture of nastiness, negativity, name-calling, um, you know, narcissism yep and and uh you know setting the tone right here in the city of milwaukee that, that that's going to be in the in the rear view mirror for the country yeah so whoever the nominee is for sure it'll be a real uh amazing cultural influx as somebody that's uh you know that is uh, heavily involved in the creative scene here yeah i'm just so excited for people from all over to experience the beauty of Milwaukee and Wisconsin. Yeah. And whether it's our music, our beer, our food. Jump on the streetcar. I the, love the streetcar. Yeah. Uh, the beaches as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's going to be in July. So yeah, it'll be in July. Yeah. yeah. I'm thrilled about like how much this will also mean for our creatives and our business owners and just our, our just community in general that right. has such an opportunity to just show like, um, you know, these uh, eager folks uh, visiting uh, in town for a finite amount of time yep. to really... What it uh, means to be in Milwaukee. To be in Milwaukee in the 414. That's right. I'm very thrilled. <laughs> I'm thrilled about it as well. Um, I'm really excited about all the work you're doing, Trevor. Thank um, you. Yeah, man. So I'll have to actually, I need to spend more time in Racine. I haven't really... You do. Come on down. Spend yeah. your money on Kringle. We've got you know, Danish... <laughs> They were the Kringle capital of America, so enjoy some Danish pastries. We're, oh, I love that. Yes, oh, no, we've great. got some awesome stuff. We have the largest collection of craft art in the Western Hemisphere. If you're a fan of art, if you're in the art scene, huge, yeah, we're, seen art museum. We're here in River West here. We yeah. love art, so yeah, absolutely. Come on down, Racine. Yeah, I'll take, check it out. Take a coach bus down there. There you go. Yeah, it's the KRM line. We need that to turn into a, a commuter rail system but the bus is good for now uh, yeah 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 so definitely have to visit and uh, we're seeing more uh love to, just love to see uh just on the ground just you know the, the beauty of the city that you know you're so proud to call home so that's right we you know a uh, former president once said there's nothing wrong with america that can't be fixed with what's right with america and that's so true about racine and about milwaukee and about all of these wonderfully um, charismatic and diverse communities. Which president said that? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton said that. Bill Clinton said that. Yes. I like that. Yeah, it's good. Awesome. All right, Trevor. Um, 
Alderman Trevor. Uh, <laughs> call me Trevor. Call me just Trevor. Trevor, just Trevor. Um, uh, love talking to you about uh, local politics, about transportation, about, uh, you know, about empowerment and about, you know, just asking good questions to uh, your community. Mm-hmm. Great work all around. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. And it was a welcome. joy being on your show. And, oh, yeah. And uh, sharing my story and hearing a little bit about you. So. Yes, agreed. Um, so tell me, Trevor, what keeps you up at night? Keeps me up at night? Yes. Oh, gosh. Uh, God, that's a tough question. <laughs> what keeps me up at night? If those people are Probably uh, wondering what I learned about the day that I was up, you know? Like, what is that new thing that I uh, gained some insights on? So reflecting on that. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the same way, too, and how you're going to apply it moving forward. What puts you to sleep, though? Um, Watching uh, Prime Minister's Questions, like, on YouTube. Like, British Parliament puts me to sleep. Oh, that's good. That's good. I, I could see that being some ASMR or something like that. Yeah, know? yeah, it's kind of nice background noise, and yeah. you learn a lot, too. Soothing, so, yeah. yeah. Thanks for being on the show. All right, Ben, this is awesome. Likewise. So, uh, learn what you can, uh, you know, explore what you can do to empower your community. That's a big thing. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Mr. Nice Guy.